I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, greetings, travelers. Oh, yes, yes, it's, it's spooky season. It's spooky uh, season. And... It be greetings, travelers. <laughs> what time are you going to do that? I don't know. I like okay. it. I'm just I'm experimenting. Yeah. Trying to come up with something. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We're, so we're in the middle of our scary season, and today's episode is super freaking awesome. Yeah, See, yeah. See, it's less than eight seconds, so I didn't swear yet. You didn't swear yet, so it's good. You gotta wait that eight seconds. Yeah, so I'll have eight. to tell our ghost that we're our ghost, our guest, our ghost. <laughs> Ooh! Oh. What? what was that? I heard a strange yeah. voice. <laughs> Do you want to introduce our epic guest today, Mark? Yeah, we have a I'm guest a ghost. today. I'm not here. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, no. Wait. no. We okay. thought he was coming. It's the person that's haunting us today instead of our guests that's great that's great I'm no we have uh, we, <laughs> we have a good friend of the show and an awesome i mean this guy is a man of many hats i mean he is yeah. well, literally uh what writer director producer. Uh, producer actor all the things and uh this guy is just he's 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 everything and an experiencer so we're going to get to talk to him about all like, the fun things. I like you just said experiencers, if anyone knows what that means. Yeah. Well, he's, he's yeah. had some experiences of unusual things. Okay. So, and well, we shared this at a, at a convention in Tampa. We talked about it a little bit. So I uh, was like, immediately, I'm like, oh, we got to get Joe on the show. So who is uh, this? Is, this is the great Joe Davison. Hey! I don't know, I don't know if I deserve the great. Uh did you hear his impression just moments ago? Oh man, I'm totally great. fanboying there. So, of yeah. me? Yeah. Heck yeah. You can do, Heck no. Yeah. You can? What yeah, do I, I sound totally. like? I think everybody should fanboy over you. I'm yeah. just saying. I, no. Well, no. Uh <laughs> I mean I don't I don't know. Uh I, I don't feel as confident uh as of late, mainly because you know I'm uh, I'm behind I have a publisher, and uh, I'm a little behind in my. Yeah, I books. don't know what she would possibly say to you. Get your shit together. That's probably what she said. <laughs> she probably wouldn't say that. She'd probably say, "What are you doing?" And I'd be like, "I had to do a lot, and then I'm producing a show now, and I, you know, my writing is horribly done to begin with." Ah. No, no, I, I think it's because Joe writes on stone tablets and tries to turn them in. And oh, is it chisel uh, in and everything? The stone part is correct. Uh, no, There's no, we're not... stone involved, but yeah. Poor time management really is what <laughs> it boils down to because, you know, I'm always trying to uh, get in a project, whether it's producing or writing or acting, and uh, I sometimes run around with my head cut off because I have to travel a lot, you know? So I'm like, like LA for two weeks and then I'm back or then I'm in Denver. And it's like, <gasps> anyways, Trying to catch but I, well, and one of the things that I think is very cool. Well, first of all, having, when I met you and everything, cause we met at a horror convention, but, um, and is the fact that you are legitimately a working actor. Which yeah. I I think a lot of people don't quite understand what that means because you do a lot of different things. Yeah. I met you and you were um, promoting and signing uh, for a, a movie that you were in and you had been in Stranger Things yes. when I first met you. So talk a, a, just a little bit about um, who is Joe Davison? Uh -huh. Don't get uh, philosophical I, on us because nobody's uh, I'm a man who stands in a lighthouse during a storm and I watch the hurricane approach. It actually just happened, actually. It just had a hurricane yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh actually, it didn't hit us at all. It didn't. We live, I live on the west coast of Florida, right? Literally, I, I'm uh, lateral from Tampa, right? So Tampa's here. I live here in a place called Holiday. And the the Idalia, what a stupid name! Uh, yeah, 
came in and it was this big hurricane and it came in and then it kind of split like this and there's a storm over here and there's a storm over here the hurricane well in this middle here it kind of like went right past our house we didn't get hit <laughs> with anything i got like some drizzle you know mm. like we we didn't have any flooding and then i and then all my friends who live in tampa they're like we're drowning and i was like what do you i'm like what do you mean i'm outside with my kids and yeah. i'm like no it, it flo- uh, tampa was under five feet of water yeah, and oh, it, yeah it, just... it's almost like some weird ai didn't allow us to be part of the hurricane uh, it's, <laughs> you know and it was like well you're not going to be part of that so well, i mean he... i guess we got lucky but that storm was crazy it destroyed uh panhandle yeah cedar key yeah, in that area got, like that. got hammered so where are you guys because i always thought north you were carolina. In we, we, we're in north carolina right now i was in tampa bay till literally right before the storm so yeah, I, I i got out just in time so yeah. yeah i was tired of i and h's and i's man helena irma uh, isaac those all those storms yeah. were like the worst Ian. storms Ian, Ian. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm out. No H, no H, no I anymore. I'm done. Yeah, so. no, we, we, I moved up here a couple of years ago because weather. I like having actual weather that's not hot and wet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not been trying not, to move uh, out of Florida my whole life. Yeah, not microwave on defrost. Yeah, which is, oh you know. my god, dude. <laughs> right yeah. now, you can if you if you could see right outside my window, it's so humid. That the condensation is built up on the window. Oh man. Yeah, yeah no. no. See, we're 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 done with that. We like yeah. it up here. Where, by the way, yesterday it was fifty. We're recording this in um uh August, the end of August. So yeah. I know it's airing in our spooky season, but it was fifty four degrees yesterday morning. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very you nice. live on another planet. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. How is it? Well, I dude was a hundred and eight during the hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, the high we've had was like 91 here Ugh. and i'm like oh okay i can deal with that you know with a feels like of 93 i'm like i'm so used to tampa where it's high of 88 but feels like of 167 yeah <laughs> but it feels like you're dying yeah yeah that happened to me i just went to la and la is usually like 80 degrees and it was like we're having a heat wave it's 108 degrees yeah I was like, good, yay. Yeah, we did Indianapolis, and I was like, oh, it'll be nice to be that far north. Oh, we're in a heat dome. It's 107 with a feels like yeah. of 110. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm back in Florida. Great. <laughs> First of all, I, I was over in um, Ireland and Scotland when you were in Indianapolis, and the weather was literally between 50-something uh, degrees and 68 wow. 69 degrees the entire time i was there and i was like this is fucking perfect this is what, what you built yeah, there it is drop the f-bomb f-bomb yeah, first exactly. line eight seconds in i can drop the yeah, fuck we're after eight seconds we're good so, yeah yeah but we um, learned that the hard way so. <laughs> we did we did actually uh we learned lessons here on this show <laughs> so we just got totally sidetracked on a tangent. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Um, let's talk oh, about- talk about Joe. Back yes. to me. So, Back Joe, to why me. don't you talk about a couple of your roles, stuff like that? What could sure. people find you in? Uh, mainly, I mean, the biggest one is Stranger Things, obviously. Uh, you know, season two, I got to co-star as uh, the affable nerdy tech. Uh, I begged them for a name. I was like, give me any. Can't Paul Reiser just call me like, What's up, Chad, or whatever? Yeah, the, the Duffer Brothers didn't—they just stared at me quietly as they do, and I was like, "Come on, guys!" And then they killed you. So that—that's something. That was a surprise to everyone that day, actually, because oh. we didn't get the script. Uh, we would get your sides, which are these little, you know, little pieces of paper you get, you know, and yeah. uh. It had all the directions and stuff on there and me and some of the other scientists were kind of flipping through it. And I remember looking at Helen who played the radar girl, which actually had a lot bigger role than what they edited in the show. She had some really big scenes that they just didn't put in the show. And I felt really bad for her uh, because it was, it was some pretty good stuff. And uh, I remember she and I looked at it and we're like, what? I was like, I get, we get killed in an elevator. I was like, what kind of scientists run to an elevator? Like, so, but, and, we, and then we were like, no. And I begged the Duffer brothers. I was like, why? Don't kill me. And uh, they laughed and ran away and got in their golf cart. And I didn't see them again. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. I mean, that was weeks and weeks and weeks of work out of Atlanta. And uh, I could have had a better experience, a better crew. Bob Glick, who is the director of photography. Uh, I, I'm kind of like a social butterfly on set. Uh, not as far as the cast goes, but like the crew. I, I kind of like the crew a lot. I like hanging out with those guys because I, I kind of started as a PA and, and and you know ran cables and got coffees and that kind of stuff back in like 2000. So I, I identify with these guys a lot more. And, and and as a writer, as a director and producer, I like being on that side and watching the props work and watching, you know, effects work and uh, and the DP and the guy. I like watching all that stuff. Sometimes it's it's um it's a different conversation when you're over in the actors bullpen with all them. You know, it's it's uh it's not down to earth sometimes, those conversations, you know. And I'm yeah. just like, okay, I'm gonna go talk to these guys over here. No, I don't know what that sense. means. So, yeah. but that's you know, that's kind of uh, but I, I love Stranger Things. But also, if you're a horror fan, uh, I'm in a a movie called As Night Falls, which you can see on Amazon and Tubi and A Hundred Tears, which is something uh, that just got announced as a top five. Uh, best killer clown movies ever made um along with it and terrifier nice so a top five my my movie hunter tears was third fourth nice very cool somewhere yeah that that came out yesterday from uk uh something called blazing something (laughs) out of the uk yesterday and i was pretty excited about that that was pretty neat you know, to have That's it still be running, yeah, still be running your movie, and people are still considering that one of the best ever made. I wish the money reflected that. <laughs> don't don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, yeah. And then I'm in, uh, I'm in a couple dramas. You know, Beauty is Skin Deep. That's on Amazon. That's it was a high school drama that I directed, written by Jennifer Phillips. And I uh, I play a medical examiner in that. That was kind of fun. New role, you know. I didn't die. Uh, yeah. So a and then movie when you don't die. So I know. I, and then I, yeah. I have a horror movie question. The See. majority of time when you get um, looked at for a role and you get picked for the role, are you? Is like I would the first thing I'd be doing is scanning the fucking script to go where do I die? What page am I dying on? Right? Like yeah. I feel very few people, even when they say leads nowadays, make it to the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Very few people make it to the end of the movie. So is is what's it like for you when you're getting these scripts? Well, I you know, that's one of my biggest I two things I look for right away. One, do I have to get naked? Because that's not happening. And then two, when do I die? And uh, you know, in Stranger Things, I didn't they didn't even give us a script. And I auditioned for that. I had three separate auditions, and the last audition was six pages, which is a lot for an audition. That's more, hmm. that's not even an audition at that point. That is now they're considering you. They just want to see you read the role. Yeah. And uh I didn't see the whole script. I like I said, we didn't get the information till the day of the shooting. You know, we were already in wardrobe and stuff. And uh you know, it was like runs the elevator, mauled by demi dogs. I was like, all right, first, what the fuck is a demi dog? Because that was new. <laughs> they hadn't introduced those yet. And yeah. then uh but yeah, I look I look for my death and that kind of stuff because uh I don't know, it, it's it to me it doesn't I just want the role, you know, I, 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 there's, there's a lot that, uh, roles that I try not to take. And people are like, you're an actor. You should be able to act how you want. You should be able to act like anything. And I was like, okay, one, I'm never going to play a pedophile. Never going to happen. Uh, two, I'm never going to, I don't want to play a rapist or any of that kind of stuff. That's not in my, I don't want to even, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want to do Hallmark movies. I don't want any of that. (laughs) <laughs> like I just that's I just tell my agents they're like well I have an audition for you for Hallmark I'm like no no I'm not I don't 
it's not me. I'm trying to make my niche in the horror comedy, you know, supernatural world. I don't, what's a Hallmark movie going to do for me? You know what I mean? And they don't, don't pay know. anything. You get, you get put in as the plucky barista at the coffee shop, um, which is in every fucking Hallmark movie. Well, People clearly I'm not good enough to get those. And, and you might work with Bruce Campbell because he, he sets aside one Hallmark movie a year just to pay the bills, he says. He does? Yes. yes. He's done like seven of them now. So. I've up. never what seen him in a Hallmark kidding? movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. Yeah. Just, he, just saying. He plays like the dad or the... You know, the you are the the dad in law or something like that, and it's it's just that's his. He's like, it's I get to be an asshole, and I love it. So. <laughs> I I also my agents also have a problem because I'm 47, hmm. I don't look 47, and I certainly don't act 47. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's Joe's talking to his little one. Yeah, I love it. Okay, you got his goodbye. biggest fan there. So yeah. okay, go go. Go go. <laughs> um, what was I saying before I? You're 47, but don't look 47. Oh, I don't look it. Yeah, and and I'll get these roles. See, Stranger Things. They wanted me to be Barb's dad. Oh and wow! Yeah, when they when I uh, my agent sent me the audition, I said I'm I'm not this 47 year old man in in 1980 because in 1980, 47 was like 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I remember yeah. my dad being was only fifty, and I thought he was a hundred. <laughs> he yeah. looked worn out. You know what I mean? He looked. Yeah, old. Yeah. I'm forty seven, and I still play with Legos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I don't. I my agents they get kind of mad because they can't, even though it says forty seven, I look way younger. If I shave and wear, you know, a hoodie, man, I look yeah. like a child. I look like a baby. Yeah, I have to. I had to let the hair go gray, otherwise I still look like I'm 20. So <laughs> I don't have. I'm no, dude. There's no. It's leaving. Yeah. It's all leaving. It's, and it's, it's all evacuating red. the dance floor, huh? No. Okay, so Sorry. one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show, and we're gonna have to take a break in just a few minutes, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some of your experiences. So. Well. I mean, we talk. What are we talking about? Like threesomes? Yeah, <laughs> it's that kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I don't know. I don't know. Some of these books I've read. Oh yeah, well that that's true. Yeah, it's different podcasts. Different yeah. podcasts. Dear Penthouse Forums, you won't believe what happened yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, I, an interaction with a ghost. Yeah. Um, so I was laying in a castle. Let's talk about. Um, have you had any creepy things happen on set? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I have shot like 100 Tears when we shot. That was 2007. We shot that in an abandoned cigar factory in Ybor City. And we were on the third. We had the run of the. We got the key to the entire. It was three stories. We got the key to it for like two months. The guy just gave us the key. He's like, you're an old, some old dude. And uh, he's like, do what you want. Blah, 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 blah. And we were like, we have an entire cigar like factory. That's from a Scooby-Doo. I love it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So while we were in there, you know, I mean, they said all kinds. Of, it used to be, it was an ice um, factory at one point. And then oh, I know became, exactly where you're at now. Yeah. It became, a, it was a cigar factory for years. And then it was abandoned. Then it became like an orphanage at one point, And like some kids died. Then it got abandoned. So I remember specifically that Marcus Cook and I, uh, who is the director of Hunter Tears? We were on the third floor working, and there were these giant, giant doors, like probably this thick. I mean, we're talking two feet thick. Uh, wow. We don't, I mean, it had to be for the ice coolers, I assume. Yeah, probably. Well, it was probably the length of this building was probably 75 yards long, and it was narrow as fuck, and it went three stories up. Right, right in Ebor City, it's still right there. Alafire mm-hmm. Cigar Factory, I think it's still yep. there. It is. Um, and we were on the third floor. We're we're setting it up because we got a couple scenes to do in the morning. And in the third floor, the the there's two doors, one at the one end and one at the other end. the The front door, they're both big. You have to push them with both hands, walk through them. Uh, the one in the back led to like a warehouse room with a giant hole that fell down three stories. You didn't want to go back there because you'd fall, die. So we're working. This door's open. We're working. 
we're building up our stuff for hundred tiers, and wow, we so loud. Marcus and I just jump and we look, and that back door slammed shut. Slammed shut. Mm-hmm. You kid, I am. I'm. I like to consider myself fairly strong, and it took me like upper body strength and leg to push these doors open and close. And that thing slammed shut. And we were like, oh, nope. three in the morning. All right. Okay. I'll be back here at, at eight. I'll see you. And we left. We just left. Cause we, no, we that's I, what I would do. I, yeah. I have a nope theory. I'm like, and I'm out. Okay. They want us to yeah. leave. Let's go. Yeah. And then uh, a friend of mine uh, is, is a supernatural. She had a, a ghost show in Ebor for a while. And the oldest fire station is in Ebor in Tampa. The oldest station is there and it's haunted by some fireman dude. And I didn't know this. Uh, she wanted to take me there and walk around. So I went with her and we're walking around and I get this pain <laughs> in my butt. Like some, like I thought she kicked me in the ass. And I was like, what the fuck? And she, but she was over here. She was in front of me. I said, wow, what the fuck? And she goes, she's like, did you just get kicked in the ass? I was like, what? Yeah. And she goes, he likes you. I said, who likes me? And she's like, Fred or whatever the hell his name was. Apparently there was a fireman there who died getting ready to go to a, a fire or something. And he died in the place. And, he, and he's been there since the 40s or whatever. And if he likes you, he kicks you in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, let's go see if he likes you. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Get me back on track for deadlines. Right. So So, that sounds creepy as hell. Okay. So with that, oh. Oh, well, I got another story because I went with the Tampa Bay Times and Paul Guzzo. We went to the Cuban Club last Halloween and did a lock in. I I got a lot about that. I got a lot about that. Okay, so uh, hold it, hold it. Yep, we'll be let's... right back. We'll talk about the Cuban Club after these messages from our eternally grateful sponsors. Erie, Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. And we're back. We're back. We're back. Um, And we're going to talk about the Cuban Club, because I've well, actually gone into the Cuban Club, too. So, Joe, what is your experience there? Okay, so... Wait, so- wait, wait, let's start with what is the Cuban Club. Mark, do you want to give the what is... I'll the give Cuban it... Club? I'll keep it... I'll keep it brief. Succinct. Succinct is the word of the day. You can pick up uh, Freaky Florida, available at fine bookstores everywhere, and it tells you the whole story. No, by by this guy named Mark Muncy. But uh, no, anyway. He's a great guy. Good looking dude. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've I've, I've met him a couple times. He's got a story Uh, on the the ego that's right next to you. But anyway, no, the Cuban Club was so Ybor City 
was you know a suburb of Tampa and it was run by basically the mob for a long time and they even Tropicana but they had several and... clubs from yeah. several different groups of immigrants there so there was the Italian club then there was the German club and then the Cuban club and the, and each one decided to build something bigger and better than the other one to try to impress and these were places you gathered and they had like for a quarter a month you join it it was kind of like a YMCA membership and you'd have a, a little swimming pool you'd have a you know a place where they had a dance hall or a theater and then they had a ballroom area up top and the Cuban club is was uh, they played a uh, bolita ball which yeah. is like a bingo yeah yeah which they'd is, kill uh, you over it yeah yeah that, that was the you know they would freeze one of the balls you know and yeah so that way, when they would feel the ball they'd know which one was to pull out for the winning ticket that was part of the, the whole mafia thing there but anyway the cuban club the thing was with ebor is because they the mob ran it no one was allowed to investigate any crimes in ebor unless the mob allowed it so if if, if someone died yeah you know nope just didn't happen don't know what you're talking about and the police weren't allowed in to investigate but there were some that were so obvious that they had to be investigated. There was a guy who killed himself in the theater, and that was in front of a live audience. So that one was pretty much done. A bride tripped down the stairs on the top floor in front of an audience mm -hmm. of people. A little boy drowned in the basement area. And uh, so that one was well known. You're and then another person got thrown off the building you're and missing it, the succinct part of this and what it is now i'm regretting letting you okay sorry but anyway a lot of people have died there but we don't know how many okay so so it Good. is considered can, one of the top 10 haunted buildings in america by many okay and we can go further into that but another joe stories yes did you, do you see how i have to stop him regularly yeah let it's me, okay let me take the next 45 minutes yeah well i mean i know a lot okay. about the cuban club because i one of my first real producing jobs ever uh i worked at the guzzo brothers uh p guzzo who is works for the tampa bay times and his brother uh, sorry paul and then his brother pete um uh sorry um they did a documentary years ago god man uh about charlie wall who oh. is uh a known gangster in the area and we did uh, reenactments. We shot at the Cuban Club. We did a big shootout outside the Cuban Club with 1950s cars and Tommy guns. And then we actually got to shoot at Charlie Wall's house, which is like three blocks over in Ybor City. Um, Charlie Wall is well known because his dad uh, created the cure for yellow fever. Oh, wow. Right. But then his son is like this major mafia dude. Anyways, so I know a lot about the Cuban Club because I helped produce this giant documentary, which you can also see. It's called uh, Charlie Wall. I think it's on Amazon. I... Um, so anyway, so Paul calls me up and he says, hey, I got this. The Tampa Bay Times wants to lock me in the Cuban Club for Halloween. You want to come with me? And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Bring me. So we we went in about eight o'clock and we stayed there till about four in the morning and I shot hours and hours and hours of footage and recordings right so I'd set a camera up in the corner another audio thing over here my phone up over here and it was intense to say yeah. the least it it was to the point where like if you because there's like. The, let's see i think there's four floors right uh the basement is where the pool is which is creepy as it is any if you're down in the basement it's like a pool that's only like four feet deep and a bar and we were one of our first gigs one of our first locket you know we went in set everything up and we're like all right where do you want to start and i was like well there's supposed to have been a boy who drowned in the pool i said so we took some balls and i set them on the floor and I put the camera on the floor and I said, let's just leave this here and let this shoot for like an hour. Why don't we go upstairs? So we walked around a little bit, not much, anything, you know, at first didn't feel anything. I went downstairs. I checked the camera. The ball hadn't moved at all. You know, I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, and Paul's like, 
why don't we separate? And I was like, yeah, okay. I don't want to, but all right. Has he watched so, any horror movie ever? I know, I know. So the theater... There's a list of rules number one is to not separate. There's a theater there, and there's a balcony. And if and people say, if you're on the stage, you can look at the balcony, and there's a ghost on the balcony who walks back and forth. Yeah. And there's supposed to be a projectionist who's in there, too. Uh... Uh, sorry, my I just realized my daughter was locked in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm standing on the stage by myself, I'm kind of sitting there by myself, and I swear, hi, okay, okay. I I I look up for half a minute and I thought I saw Paul looking at me. I thought he was up there, and I was like, Paul, nothing, and. Uh, so I, I kind of like adjust again. It's dark. You can't really see anything. And I adjust again. And I'm like, all right, that's nothing. And I sit there for a minute. I was like, anybody here? You know, because you like, I love ghost shows. I I've met Stephen Tango probably six times in different conventions, and those guys are really cool, man. And and Jason Howes and those guys. I, I I'm a big best. Ghost Hunters fan. I'm not a big Ghost Adventures fan. I, I went to that. I went to that dude's place in Vegas. And we weren't even allowed in. And the security, they were such assholes to us. That I was like, I I, we, I don't even like that dude. I don't even want to watch his shit because I, I just, I don't like him. What's his name? Baggins? Bill Baggins? Bilbo? <laughs> Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, yes. <laughs> so anyway, so. No, just anyway, so. So I'm sitting on the stage and I give it like another 10 minutes, you know, because now I'm kind of like, I know I saw something, but I don't want to be that dude who's like, I saw a ghost already. Uh, but then I hear footsteps, clear footsteps. Someone's wearing dress shoes behind me and they're walking behind me. It's either dress shoes or, you know, flats or something. It's not high heels, but it's certainly shoes and it's heavy because I feel the weight of the wood on the stage compress. Like it Mm -hmm. goes down and I'm like, hello, nothing. So I, I get up and it's it's really dark in there. I mean, you could see a little bit, maybe like five feet, you know, but not really. And the dark corners, for, forget it. It's it's scary. It's an eternal abyss over there. And uh, so I get up. I'm like, all right, well, I'm done in here. So I was like, I kind of rushed up out of the theater and into the main lobby. And Paul is coming down the stairs and he's like, were you, did you just call my name? I said, no. He's like, you didn't just call my name like three times. I said, no, man. He goes, someone called my name. That's why I came down here. I thought you were calling for me. Mm. I said, no, dude. I said, I just got chased out of the theater, though. I said, I'm pretty sure there's someone in there. And uh, he's like, all right, let's go back. So we went to that and we're shooting the whole night. Right. And I got so nothing outside of the only other real scary thing that happened physically that we saw was. In the very upstairs ballroom, uh, I had set my camera on a table at the other side. It's huge. This place is huge. I, I can't even tell you how big it is. It's, it's a yeah, giant yeah. ballroom. And there's a stage on the other side. Pulse and I are sitting on that stage. I have my camera over by the door, which is, I mean, 70 yards. Or so. It's huge. It's a huge place, man. It's probably 500 people could fit in the place. And... uh he feels something on him. And he's like, man, there's somebody on this stage. I said, I, I don't feel it, man. I, I don't feel anything. I, I got up. I kind of walked around. I started shooting with my phone, trying to see it. You know, maybe we'll catch something. And then we hear behind the stage, like a door close. And I said, maybe there's somebody in here with us, fucking with us. And he's like, all right, let's go look. So we start chasing the noise now. Because now it's like... At this point, it's only like midnight and like six things have already happened to us. And now I'm starting to feel like maybe we're being messed with and somebody's there, maybe to mess with Paul or that's the newspaper, you know, who they do shit like that. Yeah. So we start chasing the noise and we end up finding this narrow ass stairway that goes all the way up into like this attic where the oh, air yeah. handling is yeah. way up top. And it's, and we're up there. And then I got so 
<laughs> because there's a fucking mirror at the end of this hallway. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. It's just like and I come around the corner thing. and I just see a silhouette. And I was like, ah, and I jump back around the corner. I was like, dude, I'm fucking over there. So Paul looks and he's like, oh my God, there's somebody over there. I was like, dude. So I turned my light on. I'm recording my camera like this. And I look back and I see that it's a mirror. I'm see this in the mirror. My yeah. hand back. I was like, it's <laughs> so we're like, okay, okay. So it's about 3 a.m. now. We're, we stop all the recordings with leave. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get back to you tomorrow, Paul. I'm gonna watch all this shit tomorrow. So I, I start listening to the footage and I'm watching and there's some cool stuff. But the thing that freaks me out the most is when Paul and I are on that stage in the ballroom and my camera is way over on the other side. Plain as day in my camera microphone, someone goes, Roxanne. Ooh. Plain as day. We didn't hear it. I didn't hear it when we were on the stage. No. But when you when I played the recording back, you can hear. I sent it to Paul, and I was like, "Yo, you got to put this in the paper somehow." Uh, it was really cool, man. That was a pretty dope, dope experience uh, uh, at the Cuban Club. Yeah, the Cuban uh, Club know. is crazy. Yeah. Uh, we I did a haunted. I recommend doing a haunt at the Cuban Club. I recommend like going there and yeah, and I, I, they do it. ghost tours. They do. They not- do. We they actually were anyone as we got there. There was about fifteen people on a ghost tour. Our good friend of the show, Steve Stamberg, he runs uh, history tours of Ebor, and he's probably he has he's one of the docents there, so he can he can get you in late at night and uh, definitely. No, I I did a ghost tour in Ebor. I've mm-hmm. been to several haunted places in Ebor, including the Cuban Club. I would not go get myself locked in there. No. <laughs> the reason I would do though, it again, and this this is yeah. the reason is I feel like. Um, not all of them, but there are several um, entities. I like, you know, I like to use the word entity because mm. there's things that are spirits and then there are things that, that are, not. are not and are just evil shits, right? But I feel like there's a lot of um, animosity and ugliness from some of the things that are there. Like, they're not happy that people are there. Mm-hmm. and it's i don't know when i feel that it almost feels like heavy to be in the space like harder to breathe and stuff like that because you can just feel the weight of those emotions so i remember when i was in there i was like yeah this isn't like a a ghost story this is more like this heaviness brought into this place but yeah yeah, it's, yeah. yeah that's 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 kind of what gets me the most is that heavy feeling of you know, you know when you're in a room and there's nothing in there, right? Yeah. You go in a room and it's totally normal. And then you know when you go into a room and it's claustrophobic and the air is tight and you can't breathe, there's something in there. Yeah. It, and just... that's my point because sometimes there's something in there and you can just feel there's something in there. Like you're not alone in the room, but it's not heavy, right? It's just right. you're not alone in the room. It's kind of like in the May Stringer house. No offense, but you go up to the upstairs Sometimes it's fine. You know something else is there. You're fine. There are times like it almost feels like you're trying to walk through liquid getting into the yeah, room because whatever out. that thing is doesn't you experience that doesn't want people up there. Yeah. And oh my gosh, ah, goosebumps. Yeah. No. Oh, I hate that. But that's the feeling I get. And that's one of the reasons like people will go on ghost tours and I'll feel that and I'll be like, no, no, whatever this is really doesn't want you here. And that's not an experience no, I want to have. And I don't think it's an experience it wants to have, which is different than like the fear monger that wants you there and wants you to be afraid. Yeah, feed this off your like, energy. This is my space. Get out of my right. space. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah, think those, those experiences are the ones that really uh, that get me wanting to leave because I, I <laughs> like... I don't really get afraid. Like I, I don't. Certain things don't scare me at all. Uh, you know. Um, but other things like that heaviness or uh, you just know when you go into a place and it's haunted. You just know you you know it. And I don't want to be in it. I want to get out. I don't trust it. I don't. I don't understand what's happening. First of all, I, you know, I'm on this plane. They're on another plane. There's something happening. We don't know it. 
I mean, eventually, maybe one day we'll figure out how to like transition from one to the next. But besides death, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it, it's it's whether or not it's a spirit or that's the thing. Like fearmonger is definitely not a ghost. Like it's not. It's it something no. else because it's feeding off of that. I don't know. The whole thing is really different. And you know, Mark has different experiences than I do, but I I feel that same way. I, I toured two castles and I'm I'm gonna have talked about this on an episode before, but uh, it took everything in my being to continue to walk through these castles. I was just like the whole time I had bought brought my um, you know, I have a, a protection bottle and stuff, and I the whole time I was just like holding it, like, okay, I can get through this. Nothing attached to me. I kept having to say that over and over, like, nope, I'm not taking any of you with me. You guys <laughs> I have I, I have a hard time. Uh I get what's called hitchhikers. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. Because I'll go into a place and nothing will happen. But then when I come home for like two weeks, it's all kinds of crazy shit happening in my house. Yeah. Like, no, you got to tell them that they can't come home with you. That's yeah. the thing you actually have to say. I just I, think I'm so lovable that both planes of existence want to hug me. Yeah, exactly. Joe, that is so accurate. That's, yeah, It is. Yeah. Um, let's talk UFOs because we, we have a little bit of time left. Let's talk UFOs for you, my friend. Oh man. Uh, uh real quick though, I lived in England for 4 years. My my oh. ex-wife was in the military. We were stationed at Lake Eyre Air Force Base. So I've been to every castle in England. Nice. And that's some crazy shit, man. It that's is. Some crazy it's shit. interesting cuz I I went to three different castles um in Ireland and Scotland, four different castles actually. And older buildings too. It was anyway, I'm, yeah. that episode will have already aired everybody will have my stories yeah. but the heaviness in those kind of places is just it's so bizarre and then they're like and this person was thrown off the ramparts and blah blah oh, yeah. and you're like yeah. what yeah yeah this person hung she hung herself the maid the fourth yeah. maid to hang herself who was pregnant with the baby it's like what yep. <laughs> you're like, what all right so here? ufos i have both i i we i have we just witnessed one uh 4th of july me and uh my very good friend alex vincent and in our families uh we're at his place which is like two minutes from my house on the other side uh he lives right on the water here in uh clearwater and uh we're watching fireworks and stuff and then we saw this orange light go by and we're like ah, oh, it's a drone and then we just kind of watch and it just kept going and going and going and going i said that's not a drone man i was like that's 10 miles it ain't a drone you know because you have arguments with people you're with because no one no one wants yeah, to immediately go problem. ufo what, what, is that? what is that everyone's like oh it's a, it's a play it's a helicopter it's a it's a ufo yes that's what it is thank you um so it happens again like 10 minutes later, here's the same orange light just slowly going by. And then people are like, oh, it's lanterns. People are letting lanterns up. I said, all right, that I would believe if it went up, if it continued gradually ascending to the atmosphere. But this thing went straight and then it goes and it's gone. That's not a lantern. That doesn't have propulsion. Uh, so that was our most recent thing. We still don't know what that was. The weird thing about that was, is that Jeremy, one of my best friends I was with at the, at the 4th of July, the night before he hit and his wife were in Tampa at another event outside. And he caught the same orange light over the water doing the same exact thing. Hmm. And, uh, so he, something. Yeah, we don't know what it is. We it, it's not a plane. I mean, the, I live by the airport, man. It's not a plane. Yeah, you know what I mean. But the oh, biggest yeah, you're not event, too far from McDill, so the, right. Yeah. Well, but they don't do they don't have test pilots and shit like that. No, no, that's like I'm, Nevada, yeah, that, New Mexico. Yeah, no, they they you know, they 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 tend to go out straight out. You know, not yeah. Over, over I mean, they, we do have nukes there though. 
I don't oh, know yeah. if anybody knows that, but there's nukes at McDill. Oh, yeah. That's that's the nice thing about living in Tampa is I never had to worry about nuclear war because I knew the minute it started, I'd be done because we yeah, were going to ground they're zero. Hit McDill, <laughs> first. Uh, but that also brings in the uh, UFOs. They mm-hmm. they they fly over nuclear facilities, man. Been so doing that since to the see 50s. them in Tampa is not surprised. But the biggest thing that ever happened to me ever and I have a I have a whole film crew that was with me. Is I was shooting Sorority of the Dam, my newest movie coming out soon. Yeah, uh, starring Felissa Rose uh, hey. and myself and a, a Richard Elfman and a bunch of people. Uh it's three in the morning. Where I don't know if you can hear that whistle. My daughter has a whistle. No, um, no, not at all. Three in the morning. We're in the middle of shooting a big fight scene out in the middle of the cemetery we had built. Sorry. And uh, one of our stunt guys. Hold on. Can you hear that? No, no, no. no you're good. Oh, yeah. Okay. One of our stunt guys, you know, when you're in the middle of a scene, you, you never, outside the director, no one yells cut. Right. Nobody. Yeah. Right. We're in the middle of the scene and the stunt coordinator goes, stop! Oh, wow. we're just like, oh, what went wrong? Come here, come here. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, uh, uh, for those not, uh, since we don't do camera, you're missing the special guest game. Oh, I have a baby. I have a baby here. Yeah, Alexa. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Uh, we're all we're all in bated breath oh, for the man. what it's happened crazy with the stunt here. guy. Yeah, like what happened with the stunt guy? What did, all right, sorry. So sorry, my baby's here. That's, That's all okay. Good. The baby can the baby is welcome. Uh so okay, so he yells, stop. And he's like, Joe, look up. So we're sitting there, and I just look up, man, and there was 60. Lights, sixty, and Jeremy, my buddy who lives here, who's who's in the movie, he plays the. There's like a living statue. He plays a statue. <laughs> I say that. Uh, he he he's standing there. We're looking up. The stunt coordinators there. The DP. Everybody. Thirty crew members. We're all just standing there looking at this, and then like our assistant director and our production manager and a few other ones. They all run back to the trailer because they're going to jump online to see if it's Starlink. Yeah, They're like, it has to be Starlink. And I was like, okay. The video I have of this is crazy because on the when you're looking at the footage, you can't see the lights. You have to zoom in a thousand times, and then they're very faint. And I could see them with my naked eye. We could see them. I wow. mean, you could see them, but, but they just phone, didn't show up on camera. They didn't show up on fucking camera, dude. Even the DP, he turned the camera. We had a, we had two Sony 16K cameras. Yeah. They didn't catch the shit in the sky. Neither yeah. one of them. What do you want? Another one? Sorry. Uh, yeah, they didn't catch it either. And and Michael Sue, who's our director of photography, who's very well-known director of photography, he's like, Dude, both my cameras shut off. He's like, I can't get them to turn on again. Uh. And uh, so Jeremy, he's like, okay, well, they're not nukes. I was like, what? What do you mean? And he goes, well, I've been counting. He goes, if those were nukes, they would have hit us by now. <laughs> he goes, my first thought was, you know, Russia firing on us. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we uh, we watched this event. And then they just disappear. They like fade, all of them fade away. And wow. we sat there for like an hour, all of us just looking at what images we could get, what we did catch on our phones. Everyone's got a little bit of something. And uh, Carolee, who's our production manager, she comes back out and she goes, it's not Starlink. She goes, Starlink is on the other side of the planet right now. I said, What? And she's like, yeah, it's it's not Starlink. She goes, they're not scheduled to come by here till another two days. I said, so wow. what were those? 
you know, we're all debating and stuff. And then, you know, the next day we finished shooting and we're all still kind of hyped about it, but we finished the shoot. Sun comes up, we go home, go to sleep, come back the next, next day about five o'clock. And I said, you know, hi baby. I said, I, I reviewed all my footage. And I said, here's what I think. I said, I don't think those were individual lights. I said, because the front one and the back one were both blinking. Okay, but the middle the ones, ones were, were not. We're not. And I said, I don't think these were blinking. I think the lights are rotating. And from our vantage point, it just looked like a string of lights. Because when you zoomed in on the picture that I got, it's wider than the mountain range. Why it's like seven miles wide. It's huge. And then you can see that there's a shadowy top and bottom. And I said, This these are lights going around a UFO. This is a mothership or a giant ship yeah. that slowly flew over us while we were shooting. Uh, and then I started researching a little more. The day of the the day that we saw the lights, Jeremy and I, we got to set pretty early. Because there's a dry riverbed where we were shooting, and we just kind of wanted to walk around and look at shit. So where you had to park uh, to get to the location in the desert where we were in the mountains, we had to take a transit van to carry everybody to location because you couldn't park your cars down. There's no room. There's nowhere to park. But we walked it. It's like a mile. We wanted to walk it in this dry riverbed. We were only in the riverbed for about a minute, and this giant white owl landed in front of us middle of the day landed in the tree in front of us and we were like holy shit so i i I get my phone out i'm about to take a picture and it takes off and it goes to the next tree and there's only trees like every i don't know 100 yards or something like they're not it's a dry riverbed there's not a lot of trees but it would wait for us to catch up to it and then it would go to the next tree Mm. And we followed this white owl right up to our location where we were shooting, but which was over, like, you know, I don't know, over there, but parallel to where we were. We stopped at the riverbed. The owl took off. We were standing there, and I looked over, and I could see the camp up the up the hill and on the other side. And I was like, that's weird. We made it to our spot. And then that night we saw the UFOs and I found out that a white owl apparently has something tied directly into UFOs. We had no idea. It's, it's native lore. It's a, uh, it's, you know, visitors from beyond and all it's, it's a, it's a, it's an omen. It's they're, they're a, they're a sign. Any, it, it goes to white stags uh, oh, in the yeah. and then, you know, anything albino. I didn't know white this. Owls are very common for a sky being a thunderbird, or you're going to see. I didn't know this till I was talking to another UFO show. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And the weird thing was that day I saw a white owl and they flipped the F out and they were like, uh, yeah, that means you saw, yeah. Yeah. Wait so, to finish the story. I was like, ah, white owls are inside of Right. Uh, so apparently the, this, the... this was in the works, I guess. I guess the white owl was a symbol that there was UFOs coming that night or a big ship was coming or visitors. But we, we tried to uh, calculate the next day. If we, anyone lost time. Oh yeah. Cause yeah, always- people were having trouble recalling the moment when it happened. Two people didn't remember it at all. Wow. Uh, yeah. And they got the set. We were talking about the UFO and they're like, what? And they're like last night, the fucking UFO we all watched. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Brian, one of our PA guys, was like, "Oh my god, I forgot all about that." I was like, "How the fuck did you forget?" I, I forget that. that. Yep. And that's that is a lot of people. They tune it out of their head. It's, yeah. It's it's just the way it is. It, that was know, the it, biggest it broke their reality, so they can't. Outside it. of this thing I saw when I lived in England, that's the biggest thing that ever happened to me with a UFO. And we still have debate with the crew and cast of whether that was Starlink or some sort of government ship and i'm like dude that thing was 10 miles wide we didn't build it like we yeah. didn't build it man we and did, it wasn't we a bunch of little UFO 
thing and it sounds very similar it to that, sounds so. very so well you know and this is so me and mark have a theory as we're coming to the end of the show and you can join our theory so joe we need to know what your thought is so with all the hearings and stuff that are going on me and mark both agree that there's no way for our government to come tell us they're ufos there isn't a way to do it because they've been not doing it for so long to now say there are like just come out and go hi there are ufos and here's this thing they can't but if you listen to all this which we're going to do some episodes on this but um they're talking in a way like we think something's going to happen by the end of this year that's going to be like hey sup here are the ufos yeah, and, like, and, and we tr we tried to talk about it we had hearings we had all this but nobody wanted to listen so now you know now the one thing that cannot possibly be you know tonight. ignored yeah, will finally happen. And they'll be like, okay, see, we tried. We tried. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel that the, you know, they've always been here, man. They're in paintings. We've always been visited. I don't think we're from here. Honestly, I don't think we're from earth. I, I mean, obviously we're all stardust, but I feel like uh, maybe at some point we got marooned here as a species mm -hmm. Uh, and that's why, like, they can't find the missing link. They don't know where we actually went from ape to man because we didn't. We crashed here. And then whoever was here was like, shit. OK, well, I guess this is it now. We need to show people how to do stuff. Uh, you know, back where we're from, we make pyramids that generate energy. So let's do that. Uh, you know, and then they just started doing and then they're like, well, listen. People are going to get corrupt. We've already been through this. So let's create a thing that they listen to. That's basically a set of rules, but vague. So then they listen to the set of rules and they're not really going to follow them, but some will, and that'll help, you know, quell the, the problems that we're going to have in the future of, of mankind, which we are, and we already know all this shit. And I think that's what happened, man. I think the ancients who from somewhere else, they developed the civilization uh, and they may have had a hand because if you, you know, every civilization says someone came down and helped. The Anunnaki say it, yep. uh, uh, the Egyptians say it, the, you know, someone helped uh, Hitler. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like for good or bad, whatever that was. I, I feel like, and it sounds crazy to talk like that, but I really think that like even the government, even the American government, can't stop these it, 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 we're gonna get attacked or invaded or they're just gonna show up and be like yo we've been here the whole time you guys are stupid you're like four thousand years behind where you should be yeah you know you're all caught up on religion and sexuality to even develop anything further you know that we're just gonna blast you all back to the start <laughs> or not i don't know but yeah i agree i think they're just gonna show up one day and the government every government won't be able to hide it yeah yeah, and that that's what we think is coming. Okay, Joe, because yeah. we have to we have to stop now because yeah. sadly, 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 will you tell know, everybody how to stalk you on um social media? Yes, Joey Giggle Pants <laughs> is my handle for everything: Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and then I have a website, RedGearStudios.com. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> very cool very instagram cool. twitter facebook i don't have a twitch i don't have a snapchat i'm thinking about getting an only fans though oh there, oh, you, there go. you go talk about yeah Here we I mean, go. yeah well i just just uh, <laughs> yeah i just call it the naked author and i'll just sit there writing there you go there someone you go. will buy into it someone will give me ten dollars someone, someone will pay ten bucks for that yeah, yeah. somebody i like it i like it okay well thank you so much for being thank on you guys. here with us Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, no, our pleasure. We'll we'll definitely talk again more soon. We got I hope so. We got more stories to talk about yeah. apparently. So yes. I am I, I didn't even talk about that. the UFO in, in England. That's a whole nother thing. Oh, well, see, save, save, save it for next time. Yeah. That'll yeah. be awesome. So all right. Well, gang, thank you so much for joining us. As always, like, share, subscribe, find us on all your favorite podcast platforms and leave those little reviews. They, they, they're very handy. And go to eerietravels.com. You can drop us a line with your listener stories or anytime you saw a UFO or a ghost story or, or whatever. Your favorite like. Joe Davidson story. We'll yeah, read that on the air. Yeah, we'll read those. We'll read those. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, or where, there might where be you want to find him on OnlyFans. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway. 
And thank you so much again, gang. Keep watching the skies and we'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye.